Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Everyone to the Lazy Geeks podcast, our weekly pod news podcast that discusses news from the past week that interests us. So this is for the week of January eighth, two thousand seventeen. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. So uh, I guess we should start the show by, um, you know, I, it kind of sucks to say it, but you know, clearing out the made the last major deaths of 2016 while we were on break um so i the first one that happened happened on on christmas day which sucked and it was uh george michael who passed away in his sleep on uh christmas day uh he was 56 years old i think um so far the preliminary uh like Autop or toxicology reports have been inconclusive um, as to the cause of his death, but man, George Michael had probably one of you know the best voices around. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, everybody can remember like stuff from like you know Wham and uh, his first solo album, you know, uh, his first solo album for. Uh, was I think Faith, which had a lot of chart toppers. But then after that, he kind of started to want it to be known more as a serious artist, which meant him getting out of a lot of his videos, especially that one for um, Freedom, where he had just a bunch of uh, hot, hot Victoria's Secret models uh, singing his song while he's burning his guitar and his leather jacket from Faith and stuff like that. It was a fucking awesome video. It was a great video. Um and apparently a very big philanthropist too like he got involved in um obviously you know gay and lesbian uh transgendered uh issues anti-war um also helping homeless people and um and things like that so and it was kind of kind of sudden like you know all of a sudden it was just like what i didn't you know like wasn't ill or anything like that and he was alone when he died so we're probably gonna you know hear more about it when when the time comes but 
I wanted to share right now one of one of my personal favorite songs of George Michael, which was actually off his Faith album, but not one of the ones you normally hear about. And I'm going to play right here. This has one of the one of my favorite bridge moments in the song. So. It's just, it's like that. You're just kind of like, oh my God, that's such a, such an amazing voice. And, uh, and for those of you that don't know, that was a uh, kissing a fool. And I feel like a DJ right there going. And I know it was... kind of sounded like you're doing the top forty. <laughs> and that was George Michael with kissing a fool. Number six on this week's uh, countdown. I'm Casey Kasem. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon. Um, but yeah, that was that was a bad one. And this one here, actually, when I found out, made me like want to cry. Like I actually physically wanted to cry. It was um, the passing of, of course, Carrie Fisher. Um, the the uh, what was it? The day after Christmas, two days after Christmas. Um, because I remember finding out at work and hearing that she had passed, and oh, I had such hopes that that she would survive after the um the heart attack on that airplane but um it seemed like she never really you know regained um consciousness and it was it was it's horrible because i mean even if you know know her as princess leia which obviously most of the world does and that's something that she's going to be known for outside of that she just she had she had kind of a fucked up life but she owned it in the end you know, I mean, she suffered from, um, you know, depression. Um, she also had an addiction to uh, to pills. But in a lot of cases, she owned that and then, you know, like turned it around and, and made it made herself uh, an advocate for the for those. And then telling people it's OK that you have those, you know, it, it, you just need to get help for them. Um, she was also like a lot of people didn't know she was a ghostwriter. Like she would touch up scripts like she's touched up scripts for um a ton of movies um including the star wars prequels she worked on some of those um she wrote uh postcards from the edge which was her which was a script based on the book about her a uh, fictionalized version of her relationship with her mom debbie reynolds uh and even beyond that i mean you go into the movies that she's done i mean outside of star wars you had uh um Blues Brothers, you had Hannah and her sisters, you had The Burbs, you had When Harry Met Sally. She was also in uh, Kevin Smith's, she had a cameo in Kevin, Kevin Smith's um, uh, Jane, Sob, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. You know, she she did a lot. And um, it is very, very, um, uh, it's just, it's, it's still, it's still sad on that. I mean, do you do you have anything to say on her? Ain't nothing to say that hasn't already been said. You know, it's just it just sucks. But uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, it's really <laughs> is you know, it, yeah. it's this was a while ago already. Well, not a while ago, but long enough time ago where I've already said enough. 
yeah. over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, um, it sucks. Yeah. You know, but. I mean, uh, and there's a, uh, she did a, a one woman show that HBO has on HBO Go. If you guys haven't seen it, um, it's called Wishful Drinking. And it was basically a one woman show that she did talking about her life and, you know, her father, Eddie Fisher, and her mom, um, Debbie Reynolds, and herself and her life and, and the things that she went through. And so funny. She's so hilarious on that. If you have HBO Go, definitely check it out. Um, it's a little over an hour, but it, it's it's a it's great. Like she she holds nothing back. Um, and here's a little here's I have here a little clip that has her talking about um, Star Wars. And don't forget, I had that weird little English accent that came and went <laughs> like weather or bloat all through the movie. Talk. And it was funny because I actually started, I started watching that like a week or so ago, like just after she passed, I watched it. And I, I noticed that too, that she had that, uh, you know, coming and going <laughs> of the English yeah. accent on there. But, uh, you know, we gave her a little pass on that because, you know, it was uh, it was Princess Leia. Who do you, what are you gonna do? Um, and then of course the next day her mother passed, Debbie Reynolds, who, of course for most people, you know, singing in the rain, um, Tammy, one uh, one of the last bits of like classy Hollywood, um, passed. So, you know, it, it 2016. Thank God it's over. You know, for the most part, we made it. Um, but I, I thought, you know, those ones were pretty big. And then I thought, you know, at least touch on it since we they this happened while we've while we've been we've been off. Um but on a brighter side, we made it into 2017, which I don't know. Sometimes I didn't think we were actually gonna do it. Mm. <laughs> um uh what was it? Uh Dan Slott, who writes for um uh uh Spider Man and some other comics, he said on his Twitter uh, he put this little story on there that says, um, makes it into 2017, is happy he survived, trips, falls back, breaks his neck, but falls back into the central time zone. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that would be it. That would, that would probably be me, you know? <laughs> oh man. Um, but in any case, how was your, how was your vacation? Your Christmas uh, and New was, Year's and all that. Yeah, it was all pretty decent. You know, kids had a good time. Um, I took uh, the three days after um, New Year's off, so I got a little extra time. Um, and just kind of pissed around the house and really, I just didn't want to go back to work. <laughs> Nobody does. Yeah, you know, right. So took a little extra time on that. Um, got some stuff done around the house and, you know, just... I didn't really do much of anything, and it was fucking glorious. <laughs> it's like that. Honest. It's like that meme when you see going back to work after the holidays of that polar bear with his like whole front just you know laying flat on the ice and his back legs kind of pushing him along. It's right. Like, yeah, that that's kind of it. That's kind of it. That's kind of how it feels after the holidays. Um, I. Out. What did you get up to? Um. Well, after after the shows and stuff like that. Um. Pretty much, you know, I had a four-day weekend 
I took the 23rd and um, was off through the 26th. So, like, it was pretty chill. Like, I absolutely did almost nothing the entire Christmas um, holiday. Uh, saw, went and saw um, It's a Wonderful Life at the Egyptian. Really, really fun. Saw that movie. Um, it was kind of packed, too. I was kind of surprised. There were quite a few people there that hadn't seen the full movie. And then I go, yeah, I guess I can figure, you know, three hours of TV dealing with commercials. You know, most, yeah. most people went and saw it for like the first time in its entirety without commercials and on the big screen. And everybody was coming out going, oh my God, that was, you know, a lot funnier. Some people were like, going, I thought it would be more depressing, but that was actually kind of funny. And, um, and, and, uh, so that was fun. Got to see that. Um, Christmas Eve just kind of, you know, chilled out. Christmas Day was definitely, you know, everybody here just hanging out, chilling not doing shit um then of course you know going back to work and then um new year's kind of sucked in in the aspect of my cough came back this cold that i've been dealing with for like the last month or so uh but it's been happening at work too like people are having this cough and then it goes away and then it comes back but it came back hard on new year's day um but it's been more of an annoyance since then uh but yeah i mean at the end, I was kind of like, oh, it seems so short. That's the problem with Christmas is like you have this buildup between Thanksgiving to Christmas and then it's like one day and it's over. Yeah. You know, and that's always something that kind of bugged me. But yeah, but other than that, I mean, it was cool. Um, during that time, though, uh, I had to work on keeping the site up uh, simply because... Uh, for those of you that know anything about hosting a site and stuff like that, you know, you have to have it hosted somewhere. Um, we used to do wordpress.com, but they were very limited and, this, and we kind of wanted to have a little more freedom, which meant we went to, you know, wordpress.org, but you need it hosted somewhere. So originally three years ago, I had it, um, hosted on Bluehost. Signed up for a pretty good deal. It was like 200 bucks for three years, which wasn't bad actually, when you think about it. Um, and then my renewal was coming up and I never had on the receipt, like what it would, what the renewal rate would be. But then they're suddenly like, oh yeah, for the same amount of time, it's like over 500 bucks. And I was like, fuck you. Like <laughs> I ain't doing that shit, you know? And, um, so it became a, uh, a, a, an idea of like, well, you know, we don't really post a whole lot of news anymore and it's mostly if anybody's posted anything it's mostly me adam does you know adam and i do the new releases and then the, just the podcast so there was a thought about actually going back to wordpress.com um but then i ended up finding um uh one in one hosting which i found that was a pretty decent host site um but the rate was ridiculous like for the first year it's 99 cents a month so basically for the first year, it cost me like under 12 bucks to host the site for one year. And right. then it gave me the renewal rate, which was going to be like, I can't remember what it was going to be. It was going to be some like, it was going to be, it was going to be a bit, obviously a bit more, but it still came out for another year was like 80 bucks because I was able to do the math because they told me in advance what it's going to be. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. I can do that. So we got kind of a clean slate. On this, if you've gone to the site and you go, hey, there, it seems a little more bare than used to be, it's because we took off all six years, with the exception of the podcasts. We took all the news off of it. 
because and and anything else because at that point it's six years old like what do you cares? what are you really going to be looking for for that news of like 2012 um right so plus it, it gave us the ability to kind of okay use the new um the old template that we had but kind of clean it up and now because we're on this new site a lot of the problems that we had on on the old one have dematerial like completely vanished so now when we share it now we can share posts easily before it was such a pain in the ass because the feature image wouldn't work and nobody could figure it out now on this new one since we started over it it goes up beautifully like it's slick now like everything is fucking slick now so the only thing that's really kind of um missing off the new version is the videos and i took the video section off simply because videos are either movie trailers gaming trailers you know, or something along the line. So I'm like, well, fuck it. And just leave it on there. So if you need to see it. Yeah, it's kind of like it. they have their own section. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're, they're already section within a section. So it's like we don't really need that. So, um, so yeah, so all the podcasts are, all of our podcasts are on, on the site. So our back catalog is available there. Um, since the first of the year, I started posting news stories again on there. But just news stories that interest me. So I may not be updating it daily, but. There could be days where there'll just be some news that I'm going to post. Um, so yeah, so that's that's really what this is. And if you've e if you tried to email us between Christmas and New Year's, uh, yeah, there was an issue with the getting the the MX addresses correct. It seemed that there was an issue with that. But the emails are up and working again. So uh, you want to send us those emails? Feel free to go ahead and and send them in. So if you got the little Damien mailer kind of thing uh go ahead and and resend them because uh, the emails are working again um but yeah so you finally saw rogue one yes well i mean well i think i saw it two weeks after it came out right <laughs> <laughs> but at, but after um, after our last show so yeah uh, i did see it um i enjoyed it a lot um and at first i said oh i didn't like it I still didn't like it as much as Force Awakens. Right. But after I've gotten, I don't know, a little bit more of the backstory too, and then I was reading, um, I've been reading a lot of Star Wars stuff lately. Hmm. Like, I, I think it's right. It's right on par. Because if you really think about it, Force Awakens, for me, this is just my opinion, by the way. Force Awakens was great. I love the movie. It was fun. It's really just like, let's do the first movie again. Right. kind of feel to it for me you know because it's it's pretty much the same storyline and you can send those angry emails things. to and you can send those angry right. emails Look, to adam at lazygeeks.com i don't give a fuck i love the <laughs> damn movie but you know it's yet another death star it's just bigger you know that right. kind of shit right, right but that it doesn't matter to me because it's that's all background noise anyway because it's really star wars is really a story about the skywalker family if yeah. you really think about it, that's right. that's really the main focal point. Um, the now, if the second one comes out and Ray crash lands on a swamp planet and talks to, <laughs> I'm gonna go okay. Like you, you guys well, really I mean, she's she, she's already on a Yoda planet, Luke. So right. you know, we already got that God start. Damn it! <laughs> but it's um, but it's a beautiful Irish landscape. So you know. That is true. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you got to take the good with the bad. <laughs> and take them um, on, there you have. <laughs> but no, Rogue, I, I think uh, Rogue One was great. The thing that the thing that upset me, 
and I knew it was going to upset me. And are we doing spoiler? I'm going to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, spoil it. If you haven't seen but it, this, you don't but, but this particular point, I think everybody in the world has seen it. Right. So everyone dies in the end, which I get. And it was cool because it's the ultimate sacrifice for the good of everyone, blah, blah, blah. But you get connected with the characters a little bit, and then you got to watch them die. You're like, Ugh. yeah, like, it just sucked. But I yeah. mean, it didn't it didn't take away from the movie for me. I'm just saying it sucked. <laughs> like, but, I but didn't that's, want that's to die. well, no, I know, and that's the cool to me. That was the cool thing because it invested you in those characters, and that's what made their deaths more heroic. You know, yeah. in a lot of those instances, because it was for the greater good, and that was the problem with, and that well. Not the problem, but what I'm saying within the in there, you know, there was the whole, hey, you know what, this is a bu- more than us, because like you know, trying to get the rebels to actually do something, because everybody was like, no, well, we shouldn't really be doing this, or you know, that whole speech. It was kind of like this is more than us, and that's what I think really set the movie um, set the movie apart. One of the things that I've been reading a lot about is people talking about like. Oh, there was a completely different ending for for this movie. It's like no shit, Sherlock. We've seen the trailers. We know there was a different ending. And also, yeah. Gareth Edwards actually said, "Yeah, there was a different ending where they kind of all survived." But when they released it to uh, Disney, they said that the reason for that was because Disney was like, "Oh, they all lived." And like, well, they kind of did what they thought Disney would want. And then Disney was like, "Well, how would you have done that?" And it was like, "Well, we kind of thought of this." And Disney was like. Well, then do it. That's kind of cool at Disney, though. You know what I mean? Like, because they were like, okay, Disney's probably going to want a happy ending here, guys. Right. Because it's fucking Disney. Right. 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 So they make the happy ending, and then Disney's like, no, fuck it. You know, do it the way it's supposed to be done. Yeah. I respect Disney for that. And and, and I do too. And that was kind of the thing where I was like, oh, uh, because. You know, you always, you know, when they heard about the massive reshoots going for for Rogue One, everybody was freaking out, like, oh, Disney's worried, Disney's worried. And it was more of like, no, they weren't really worried. They were like, well, then do it the way you want, that it, you think it should be done. And they're like, well, we think they should all die. They're like, okay. Because, I mean, think about it. Like, it you're the fucking Star Wars experts. Right. Yeah. And because <laughs> you think about it, like, you know, seeing them all die, you don't expect that from a Star Wars movie. Which is one of the things no. why I liked it a lot more was because I was like, oh shit, they all kind of, they all die. And, you know, the two Asian characters, that was the most painful for me to watch. You that know? was IP Man, dude. Yeah. You know, you like, ever seen those movies? I, I've seen, yeah, I saw the first one. Yeah. And it was like, but you're like, you know, um, I am one with the force and the force is with me. And, you know, doing that. And you're like, you know, he's going to die, but you're like, oh no, come on. And then his homie, you know, uh, that's the real man. Where he just said "fuck it," it yeah. just charged in. Yeah, and you're just kind of like, ah. Uh. And then, you know, Ray and um, I'm not Ray. Um, Jane and the and the other guy just stand sitting there on the beach waiting for that cloud to get to them. You're kind of like, fuck. So, so it was. And I, I I actually liked that they didn't have them kiss or some stupid shit yeah. like that. Yeah, you know, and and that was good because and I I thought overall the movie was great. I loved it. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was it was really cool, but it does kind of like make a new hope. And the one thing that I think bothered me about the whole thing is the fact that it wasn't a standalone movie. Like they call these the first of the standalones because it literally is part one of a new hope. Yeah. Like it was very tied in. Although that Vader scene at the end. Ooh. Oh my God, that was that was too dope. Dude. I'm gonna admit, I'm gonna admit though, the Vader, the other Vader scene. Mm-hmm. 
where um what's his name comes to see him it was kind of dumb i thought that scene was dumb like it was i laughed so vader turned the the scene was good right Mm -hmm. but then he turns around and you see that he's force choking him and when vader made the joke i was like okay like it was funny but you couldn't imagine Vader telling a fucking joke. The thing is, though, is that Vader's kind of been that way. Like, there's it, it wasn't straight out, but there's like other little jokes that that he makes in there. You know, in the original trilogy, if you really listen, he does kind of make jokes. You know, but it's not to. He's a guy it's that's not so a pun. Scary it's not a laughs. yeah. It's it's <laughs> it's not a pun, which is what this one was. This one was a pun. You know. Um, it just seemed it just seemed cheesy. Yeah. Like it, it seemed like it wasn't it, it didn't belong there. Yeah, it was still cool. Like it was it was badass. Like oh, he's choking him and he fucking makes him look like a bitch at the same time. Right. But it just didn't seem very Vader. Yeah. But that end now that though, end scene though, oh, man. <laughs> you know, I was like holy shit. And the whole time I'm watching the dude fucking hits the ceiling. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> wrong with the plan? <laughs> <laughs> I know when he, all of a sudden that was I, tripping because you you know they get the plans off right, but, but it, yeah. it gave you that set, such a sense of danger that you were like I don't know if they're gonna make it man right. and then the just like the sheer horror on the guys the the the, the op, those guys' face to try to get out of there I mean you know when he puts that one guy on the ceiling and it cuts him with the lightsaber I mean just that whole dark that whole dark and you just see the come up yeah. and you're like oh fuck it's like a dude. horror movie exactly. yeah yeah it was it was it was like a jason Voorhees like coming through <laughs> fucking or Mi- michael myers coo- michael myers with that machete one of the coolest things about that movie um is so i went and saw rogue one and then i came home and um i was like eh, fuck it, i'm gonna put on uh a new hope eh, you know i'm gonna see right, what's, right. what's good it literally goes yeah. directly into New Hope. Oh, like yeah. there's not even a scene in between. Right. You see the same ship. They catch up to him. Vader comes back on. I'm like, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like it just flowed so perfectly. Somebody had pointed out something, and I, I just, it, it probably was pointed out before, but I just I just saw the article today, and they were saying in Star Wars when you look at Star Wars and um. Uh, Tarkin and Vader enter in there when they announce when they're at that meeting on the on the Death Star. Yeah, and um, Tarkin says that the the um, the council has been um, disbanded. There's an empty chair there in that meeting. There's one empty chair, and somebody said, "What if it was that other dude? Maybe that was the chair of that other dude that that got killed, the one that was building the Death Star." I can't remember his oh. name, but they were like, there's an empty chair in that council room where all the other seats are filled. And the only one that was missing was the guy that was supposed to be building the Death Star with Tarkin and ends up getting killed. They're like, Link? Like a like a, a like a, like another little Easter egg? I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. I go, oh, yeah. It makes sense. Like, it would make sense that... I'm telling you, they just fit together like a fucking puzzle piece. Yeah. That's why the whole and I agree with you, the whole standalone thing, it doesn't work perfectly. For you this, know, because yeah. yeah, because it can't be standalone because Rogue One wouldn't make much sense. Yeah. If New Hope never existed. Right, right. You wouldn't really get what they were doing. Like you would kind of get it, but you would feel like you're missing something. But I I think it does set the bar rather high for all the other movies that come out after that. 
Yes. Because they did break a lot of rules. They did, you know. I mean, I think people are making too much of a big deal about, oh, no opening crawl in the open. I'm like, get over it. Okay. You know, it's like. What about the opening crawl? There was none in this one. And, oh, I didn't even notice. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, there's no opening crawl. And I was like, yeah, but I mean. It's still, it still scared the piss out of me. See, that's what I remember mostly of Star Wars movies. It scares me when it starts because there's suddenly a loud noise. Oh, right. The bah, and there was bah, still, bah. yeah, there was still that in row one. Because yeah. it was nothing, then all of a sudden, bam! You're fucking <laughs> planet. This loud music. Right. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm glad. You, I'm glad you liked it, though. I remember you yeah, talking. I, really me, and I, I remember afterwards, you were like, "Oh yeah, you know." Suddenly, it was like you were all into like getting into Star Wars, and I could tell you were getting into it with some of the stuff you were telling me and reading and stuff like that. And uh, especially when I sent you that meme uh, that said Suicide Squad. And it was like the Suicide Squad, and then the picture and belief was Rogue One, and they're like, "That's cute." And I was like, "For reals, man!" <laughs> yeah, the movie was really good. Um, Force Awakens, though, kind of, you know, I've always liked Star Wars, but it, it got me a little bit more into it and stuff. And well, I, I did try to read the books, but they don't have very good authors. Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of that stuff has been the the old stuff if you're trying to read has been kind of no I'm trying to read the new stuff oh and the first the first book I was gonna read I was like okay well I'll read the adaptation of Force Awakens mm-hmm. um which is I I read adaptations all the time that doesn't bother me but the the fucking writer I was not impressed like it, it just he kept there's this thing in writing where you can do it maybe once or twice a book (laughs) where you end with dot, dot, dot. All right. But he did it like every other page. Uh, And I'm like, Nope, I couldn't even, I'm like, dude, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. (laughs) You know? So, but anyway, it's really not important, but (laughs) all right. So I guess on that note, we can go ahead and jump into our one awesome thing. So my one awesome thing to set off the new year, uh, when you think of Michael Keaton, for the most part, you think of his turn as the Cape Crusader in the 1989 film Batman and the 1992 follow-up Batman Returns. After his departure after the second film, the film went to, through two more actors in the title role and, the fran- and that franchise went down in a blaze of glory with just like its director, Joel Schumacher. In an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Keaton was asked why he left the project. Uh, to put it into some context, which is weird for the internet, Keaton was slated to return for the third film with director Tim Burton. However, it seemed that a rift had appeared between Burton and Warner Brothers that Burton had left the project. And it was always said that Keaton left after Burton left. The truth is that Keaton had met with Schumacher, who pitched him the plot for the third film. Quote, it sucked, Keaton says of the script when he, as he was shown. Quote, I knew it was in trouble when he, Schumacher, said... Why does everything have to be so dark? Keaton departed the project and Val Kimmer was soon brought in to replace Keaton. Why is this news? Simply because he never said the real reason why he left. Would Batman Forever have received more positive, been received more positively if Keaton had stayed on board? Mm, most likely not. So why not bail while the iron is hot and leave people with the thought that he was the best Batman of the cinematic of the modern cinematic era? I think we can all agree on that. Keaton has been having some sort of a uh, renaissance as of late with the founder heading into theaters and his upcoming role in Spider-Man Homecoming. He has always been a favorite actor of mine, and I'm glad he is coming back to the big screen. Yeah, man, I love Michael Keaton. Oh, yeah. 
I think he's so underrated, like very, very underrated. Well, people only give him shine for for really Batman. Yeah. But what, one of my favorite movies he was in was uh, Multiplicity. Oh yeah, yeah. Multiplicity. That movie was hilarious. <laughs> there's Multiplicity. I liked him in uh, Beetlejuice. Um, Beetlejuice, yeah. There's also a, 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 a movie that actually was really good because uh, for those of you that don't know, when I was younger, when I was about 20 and 23, I lost both my parents to cancer, and right around 1999, I want to say 98, 99. He did a he did a movie called My Life with Nicole Kidman where he was diagnosed with cancer while expecting a, a baby and he was he wasn't expected to live. And so what he had done was he started making videos of all these things that you're gonna need to do growing up in life and helping and leaving these videos for his kid to watch so he can at least know him and at least be able to participate somehow. Very fucking moving story. I loved this movie. And I think it really helped me through that time. So it, for me, like, it was one of those that was really, really profound. And I, I really, really, like, loved him in that movie. And then, of course, there's the other guys with Mark Wahlberg and uh, Will Ferrell, which he mm. was just fucking hilarious in, using all those TLC references. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen that, that Birdman one that he did or something. That's weird, but he's so good in it. Yeah, I heard it was good. I'll have to check it out. Anyway. Anyways. So my one awesome thing, it's awesome because it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's still kind of awesome. Right. Um, Razor uh, has come out or is coming out with a three-monitor laptop. Oh, i seen that. Um, what the fuck? This thing is ridiculous. Like... First of all, it's thick as fuck. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it folds up just like a normal laptop. It's a little thick. And then you open it and you swing out two extra monitors that are the exact yeah. same size as the main one. Um, the keyboard, they have like the – there's no uh, number pad, but they have like the trackpad where the number pad – I feel that's more comfortable anyway. Um, but per, a gamer would be more used to that. But of course, any real gamer is going to have a mouse plugged into it, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Um, talking 4K displays. Fucking, what else does this thing have? Let me see. It's not even, to be honest, it's not even that thick. Like, they have a, a comparison. Not like And it's about thing. as thick as an average 17-inch gaming laptop. Not made by them because they also put the Razer Blade Pro and it's thinner. It's like <laughs> everyone else is fucking up, right? Um, but you know, whatever. They don't really have any specs out or anything like that. But um, yeah, if you go to their website, they have like a forty-four second video that kind of shows it off a little bit. But this thing is fucking glorious. Yeah, it's I, probably gonna cost. Oh God, yeah, way too much. Yeah, I saw um, when I saw that. I saw that online and. and I didn't even read like the article. I just saw Razer's, you know, new laptop, and I saw. It. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And it's crazy too because the monitors they slide out of the middle monitor. Right. Like it's just so nuts. Like it's so crazy looking. Like and and it's like this could this could go for not only gamers too. Like if programmers or just anyone who does a lot of graphic design, just any kind of computer work, video editing. Like yeah. you could have a, a mobile fucking workstation. Like that would be you like know? for me. I looked at that. I go, oh, that would be kind of cool if I could do like video editing on that, and you know the the podcast shit. That would be nice to have those kind of monitors. Right. 
it's just it's just so sexy it is all right on that note i think it's time we head into the headlines so 2017 is already proving to be a bigger year in the realm of media than we previously expected shortly after midnight on new year's day Jeff Johns took to Twitter to let everyone know that he is teasing a new DC project coming to television uh, announcement coming very soon. Now there has been some rumors about now there have been some rumors that a Booster Gold possible TV project coming, but that is not hard science. Jeff um, Johns did elaborate on whether it'll be did not elaborate on whether it'll be part of the already four-night CW lineup or if it'll come to another network like Lucifer is on Fox. We'll, we will just have to wait and see so the internet start placing your bets. Also, John's mentioned that he will be coming back to comics. From the image on, on the tweet, it appears that he could be the DC and Watchmen crossover that we have been teased since last year, since last year's soft reset. So it would be it would seem that Johns is pulling back a bit from the whole DC Studios development to get back to something he is great at, writing great comics. 2017 seems to be off to a great start. Yeah, I'm excited about having him come back to some uh some creative work, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I mean, he was he did a great job um behind the scenes. Right. Uh organizing everything, but I think he's it's like, okay, children, <laughs> right. I've set this up for you. Don't fuck it up. Right. I'm going to go back to what I like doing. What is you it? Know? What so, was it like on that Star Wars thing? Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. Ah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it was announced today that, um, and we're recording this on Sunday. It was announced today that uh, uh, all four of the CW television series were renewed for another season. So Arrow of the Flash, uh, Supergirl and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Um, are renewed for which we season. all expected which to we, yeah which we all kind of expected to happen so you know it, it's it's really it's really cool that that happened um so i'm kind of curious as to what other dc property could be coming over there i mean we have um powerless which is that dc comedy um coming out in february that looks interesting actually it looks kind of interesting i'm just curious to see how it plays because i don't are they going to show any superheroes i kind of doubt it no, they probably just talk talk about them. Yeah, so we'll have to see how it plays out. But I was reading some that in the two episodes in the episodes after the pilot, they seem to be pulling back a little bit on the comedy. So I'm like, mm, that's not a good sign. Yeah, but that's what happens when you go Don't to network television. Don't get too serious. Yeah, that's what happens when you go to network television. You know. Yeah. Oh, I do know. Look what happened to Constantine. We will not speak of it. <laughs> That was a good show, too. It was a real shame when it was yeah. canceled. All right. So CES 17 went around. A few things happened that were interesting. There were, um, I, I was surprised. That was, like, not that much coverage. No. As, as what you normally <laughs> see. Well, I mean, it's really the same shit. You know, it's like 4K televisions and, you know. That. That's the problem is that CES isn't as big of a deal because everyone's talking about this shit before CES now. Yeah. It's not like like gaming, they keep it kind of locked up a little bit, but the tech scene, they, for some reason, they're oh, as soon as they do it, they're talking about it. Yeah. So CES is kind of like, we're just going to gather everything you've already heard just in case you miss something. Yeah. And maybe you can test it out on the floor. 
Right. So AMD uh, revealed new details of its upcoming Vega graphical architecture today, or during CES, sorry, to give gamers a taste of what Vega's GPUs will offer when they hit the streets in the second half of 2017. AMD posted a clip of Doom played at ultra settings in 4K, constantly hitting 60 frames per second and greater frame rates. That's really impressive, especially for that game. Um, that puts whatever Vega GPU is being used roughly on par with NVIDIA's GTX 1080, which is a very expensive graphics card. AMD calls it the biggest improvement in its graphics IP in the last five years. In fact, AMD wants you to join the Radeon Rebellion <laughs> when, GPU, when GPUs with this new architecture go on sale later this year. The Vega architecture uses a revolutionary memory subsystem to rapidly access huge swaths of memory over a mix of memory types. The new architecture doubles the bandwidth of AMD's previous high bandwidth memory interface while also using only half the footprint of GDDR5 memory, the company claims. Vega architecture also has a new geometry pipeline and a next generation um, compute engine, which was a quote. That's why it's just a buzzword. All that means is Vega does a ton of math really quickly without using a lot of power. Um, this one was interesting to me because it's been a while. It's been a long <laughs> It's been a long um, AMD, on their GPUs and their CPUs, they haven't really been doing anything new. Um, and Intel has just keeps passing them and passing them. But now we have a time where Intel really isn't doing much new either. Yeah. Um, so this would be a perfect time for AMD to catch up. Um, the thing is, the thing that I'm worried about is AMD's always been the the budget choice, where you still wanna you still want something that's gonna get the job done, but maybe not as great as Intel, right. but it still gets the job done. I mean, I have I'm running Intel now, but I was running AMD for a long time, and it was working perfectly fine. Um, now their their GPUs, if they can get if they can get something out that's as powerful as a 1080, but it's cheaper, well, fuck, sign me up. <laughs> you know, I might grab one. You right. know, so it is what it is until it isn't. So we'll have to see what the future holds. Yeah. Well, remember when you could volunteer for something by simply donating your time for no pay? Well. It seems Square Egg Entertainment, the parent company of Phoenix Comic Con, believes that potential volunteers should be fronting $20 for the possibility of being selected to be a volunteer for their annual convention. Seems, seems a bit weird to you? Well, it should. The convention has partnered up with fan club turned social group Blue Ribbon Army. What does that mean? Well, it means that if you wish to be a potential volunteer for the con, you need to be a paid member of Blue Ribbon Army. Army. Memberships start at uh, $20 per year, and the membership does not guarantee you a spot as a volunteer. The Phoenix Comic Con organization had laid off three directors, including someone that had been with the organization since 2007 as part of the change. According to Matt Solberg, convention director of Phoenix Comic Con, told staffers in an email that the new system will prevent the existing volunteers that simply come in and grab their badges without doing any of the work. According to Solberg, the only way to prevent this is by ditching the quote-unquote existing structure. The popularity of the convention has grown since it began back in 2002 with about 400 people and it cost only $3 to get in. 
it strikes some as strange to make volunteers pay for the possibility of to possibly be a candidate to volunteer for the event. In contrast, the world-famous San Diego Comic-Con still has volunteers for the event, and they do not require potential volunteers to pay for the opportunity. Kristen Rowan told io9 that current staff members can apply for the jobs before joining Blue Ribbon with top priority, but they still need to pay the membership fee before actually getting the jobs. They Yet they they will know that they are getting a position rather than the normal people who apply in hopes of being asked. There is a risk of getting volunteers that are only interested in the fringe benefits, but rather than doing rather than doing the work. However, when you have more than half a million people that run through San Diego and they still do not require paid admissions for the privilege, it isn't completely unheard of, but this is interesting to see how it plays out in the end. I mean, I get what they're trying to accomplish, but it still sucks. Yeah, but when you have somebody like San Diego that doesn't do that. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wait, how are you going to how are you going to weigh that? Um the thing is is that uh um Blue uh Blue Ribbon Army actually just got uh nonprofit status. And you know who's one of the board members? The convention, Donald Trump. The convention director oh. of Phoenix Comic Con, Matthew Solberg. Oh. And sounds like there's some shady shit going yeah, on. Yeah. Last um a couple days ago, Solberg emailed saying that he's resigned his position as part of the board. Um to I'm sure to get rid of um, you know, any thoughts of impropriety. I was like, eh, well, that kind of starts making sense now. I mean, it's that's to me that's just this, I don't know. I was like Oh yeah, you want to volunteer your time? Yeah, here be part of a member where you can be on a list and you may be asked, but you're not guaranteed that you're going to be part of it. You know, right? That's a great way to make plans. Yeah, you know what I mean, like because the whole point of volunteering is I think you get a free ticket. Yeah, you get a ticket. To so go you sign up on the list and you're like, okay, but I can't buy a ticket because I don't know if I'm going to volunteer or not. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, it's just stupid. I still haven't gone to Phoenix. I heard it's fucking. It's a blast. And I haven't, I just never have the time when it comes up. Well, then you need to get your priorities in order. As I do. Working and shit. (laughs) Fucking ditch the family. That's, I've told you that a million times. You live in the desert. Well, the the cool thing is Phoenix Comic Con is literally 20 minutes away from me. You have no excuse. So I could, I don't even have to get a hotel. I don't have to pay for travel. It takes me longer to get to work. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. You're like, I'm gotta go to. I'm gonna go to the con because it's actually closer than work. Work's <laughs> actually on the way. Yeah. I can start. I can, I can start fucking driving and then go. You know what? Take a left here. <laughs> Fuck this. <laughs> I was thinking about going for at least one day just to see what's going you on because it's it's a lot cheaper than San Diego. Oh yeah. It's like I think forty dollars for like all the days or something. <laughs> I don't know. It's something ridiculous. Yeah, I'm thinking of going to. Um going back to the um WonderCon in april yeah at least just one day I like the small the smaller cons are cool because san diego comic-con is awesome and right. i i didn't have one bad thing to say about it when i went it was an awesome Except experience for bag oh yeah the bag i my <laughs> my choice of bag was not smart um but or did you say bag or lag bag 
Yeah, bag. And my cell phone didn't work. But see, these are all things that were my problem. And then the <laughs> um, the the only thing is, it is very commercialized. Yeah. Like it's it's very corporate. You know, when when you go in, and my favorite my favorite place to go was the was the the back of the joint where no one is. Yeah. To go look at the comics and shit. You know, um, well, there's people there, but it's definitely not as crowded as uh, yeah. you know, the it's like fucking, the Warner Brothers booth or the Con- DC Comics yeah. booth or whatever. But um, I had a blast going. But those smaller cons, they have that old school feel to it. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm looking. But Phoenix Comic Con is starting to become not so small anymore. Well, the same thing with the New York Comic Con. Yeah, New York Comic Con is basically San Diego Comic Con in yeah. New York. Like it's the, it's huge now. Yeah. Which is great. Nothing wrong with that. But know that it's cool to be a geek. <laughs> they don't understand the struggle. They don't get it. They mm. don't understand anything about what I had to go through. No, nah, not really. I was six feet tall. Nobody really. <laughs> like, oh, you like Star Trek? Yeah, I fucking do. Oh, okay. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, was Usually it the, conversations. Solid orange giant that you were. That's right. Anyway, this this actually, I saw this the other day, and I, it was really interesting to me. So Conan O'Brien's Clueless Gamer uh, YouTube show where the late night show host plays video games and makes fun of them will soon become its own unscripted T- TBS series. So this is on YouTube, but a lot of people might have seen it on Conan when you watch the show where he'll he'll play a video game. He's horrible at it and he doesn't know anything because he's not a gamer. So that, that's the whole point of it. And he'll make jokes about how none of it makes sense. And I think Conan O'Brien's fucking hilarious. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> Well, because you're both orange, Irish, giants. You know, we're not racist, okay? Didn't say you were. I feel <laughs> you're assuming my gender as well, and I don't appreciate it. Um, TV, TBS, TBS president Kevin Riley. Uh, with fucking all the Irish cats over there, dude, holding it down. TBS. Kevin O'Reilly. Uh, <laughs> revealed the news to the Hollywood Reporter, saying that as well. Eating of a potato, episode, by the way. Shut up. Effort to shake Down things up. And... You got anything else to say? No, I think it's going to make me fuck up this sentence. <laughs> I think I'm done. God damn it. <laughs> Saying that as a part of an effort to shake things up and reinvigorate Conan, TBS has decided to greatly expand Clueless Gamer. The series will start production next month and will retain most of what made Clueless Gamer a viral hit, like getting celebrities to play certain video games with O'Brien and his snarky comment commentary on them. We've gotten to the point where video game companies are sending us their new product for us to play and make fun of because it's been such a huge success, Riley told The Hollywood Reporter. Riley also confirmed that despite Turner CEO John Martin telling the rap that Conan will soon change into a weekly format, the show has remained nightly, uh, just in case you wanted to know. Um, so I think that's cool. That That segment was always really funny. I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen I've seen some of them because I usually see them when they're on YouTube, but yeah, the the those would actually be pretty fun. It's pretty fun to see. Yeah, the, and then it's always cool when they get a, a celebrity on there. Yeah, especially if the celebrity is a gamer. Oh right, yeah. He's trying to teach them teach them how to play. I think Conan puts it on a little bit. Oh, I'm too. Pretty, I'm pretty sure he plays games. But I he mean, may not be a hardcore, you know gamer did you just assume his gamer status (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh yes, oh, I did. Jesus. We have someone at work that does that shit. Like I said, um, what did I say? It was funny too because I, I completely shut him down without even thinking, and I was Man. kind of rude about it. There's something about gender because I said, um, there was, oh yeah, two of the girls were gossiping, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, oh, look at the girls over here, fucking gossiping about the the daily news. The one girl goes, you can't just assume that just because they're girl and right in the middle of the sentence, I shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't. I don't want to hear it. Please, no. Damn. I just want it to be a meme. I don't want you to make it a real thing. Right. I don't want to have to deal with Because that shit really doesn't exist outside of California. Oh, no. It does, but not so openly because people, people in other places would be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Nobody cares. Right. You know? Yeah. California is very, we want everyone to be happy, which is, <laughs> that's Shiny, great. happy people. You know what happens when you want everyone to be happy? No one's happy. Exactly, exactly. It's weird how that works out. Hmm. All right, on that note. Everyone to be content. Everyone to be content, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I think it's time we get into the pool list. Hey. So this this particular month or week month, um, we have uh, we have something a little different. So this week, I, I guess because someone didn't give a fuck to what was listed on the poll list. Um, yeah, that someone is me. <laughs> uh, decided to review the same comic that I pulled on my poll list. Um, and then after he said, I was like, yeah, you know, that might be interesting to pull one that's the same so we can both talk about it and then just have other two that are separate. So, and that was my plan to reinvent it, re, re, to spice up. <laughs> I'm getting tired. I can tell because you're not, you're not even making fucking sense anymore. To spice point. up the pull list with a new and fresh idea. I'll give you a pull list. So, <laughs> so you're pulling my list. <laughs> So Ooh. why don't we uh, why don't we um, just start it off with uh, the uh, the same comic that that was pulled and then you go on with the other two. Okay. Okay. So the first comic we that uh, we both selected was um, issue number one, U.S. Avengers, which uh, they should have just named America. Fuck yeah, because <laughs> that's the feeling it had. It it did yeah it did and. It was just kind of, it was kind of a weird, like, I don't know, it was kind of weird. Um, so the uh, the basic plot, I mean, the comic was written by, let me turn my iPod on, or my iPad on, Al, um, Al Ewing. And um, now, don't get me wrong, the artwork, fucking amazing. Artwork was clean as yeah. fuck. Um, I... And the writing really wasn't bad either. No. It's it, just the story that was weird. <laughs> yeah, like, I wasn't exactly sure what the hell was going on in the story, like, how it fit. But, of course, you have, now you have people, like, um, uh, Inhumans or X-Men and Squirrel Girl and, you know, <laughs> uh, the new uh, the new Iron Patriot and, and all of these people working together where it's kind of like okay you know 
I mean, because this is all all after the whole Civil War II issue. Um, so, I mean, you know, U.S. Avengers. Are we going to have Canadian Avengers? Are we going to have U.K. Avengers? Are we going to have ISIS Avengers? I don't know. You know, like, uh, where are we going to go with with some of these? Um, it just seemed like a it, it seemed like a weird first issue because you kind of didn't have any idea what the fuck was going on because you had a helicarrier with a fucking volcano on it. Yeah, that. So the villains in this book are probably the weakest part of the book. Yeah, because they literally have a mobile volcano, which completely <laughs> ignores the natural state of a volcano. Right. That you can't have a mobile volcano. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Right. But, um, you know, it, it is what it is, I guess. And, and I mean, now you have a new, uh, a new villain, a, you know, gold skull, um, that comes up at the end of the book. And then, uh, a new Captain America, who kind of hot looking. Got to got him in. She's not in. The, is she in the suit or is she remote controlling it somewhere else? No, I, she's in the suit. She's in it. Okay, because I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't tell right away <laughs> if she was in it or if she, it was like a robot. <laughs> I think it's because since she's smaller than uh, Stark, it looked like the suit wouldn't fit a person because the suit is smaller. Like it's more slender than um than iron actual iron man oh no so, it, it, there's there was i was talking about miss captain america or the new captain america the miss captain america that popped in at the end of the book oh i'm, I'm talking about something completely different yeah no i know you're talking miss about captain america you're, you're now because yeah. uh miss captain america can get it yeah that that full page yeah that's feeling some kind of way <laughs> Yeah, it looked like the uh, the Stark suit was yeah a lot more trimmed down for her. Um, yeah, I mean I I'm not exactly sure. And then we have a new Red Hulk, um, Robert with the Maverick. mustache with <laughs> that mustache, dude. Dude, and, I'm sorry, that was so dope. <laughs> and then where he's Red Hulk with the fucking stash. I mean, you know, you're kind of like okay, that's pretty badass right there. <laughs> it was kind of interesting how they had it where. It's it's a it's something that he turns on. So he's a normal dude, and then he has to wait in between times that he's the Hulk. Because he's, he's like a Hulk for like an hour. It's, he's like a Hulk for an hour or something like that. Yeah, and he has to wait like a day and a half before he can use it again. And um, what was it that Squirrel Girl said? What's he gonna do for the other fifty-eight minutes? Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> he just ended the fight. Yeah, like, it just it was, was done. One thing, that was the one thing in the book. I. I because I personally, I really like this book because it was so ridiculous. Right. But it kind of came together in its own special way. <laughs> and um, the only thing I really didn't like was like, basically, the new Red Hulk made everyone else look like they were useless. Because well, yeah. they were just waiting till he could turn into the Hulk. Well, remember, uh, it it's kind of reminds me of um, in the movie Civil War when um, Spider-Man had uh, Falcon and um, Winter Soldier... Uh, webbed down and then he used the uh uh um red wing to take out spider-man and then you have yeah. winter soldier go why didn't you do that to begin with and he's like i fuck, i really hate you it's kind of like why didn't you just use you know 
Red Hulk to just do it in the beginning, wait a little bit longer, and then go and do it. Yeah, you know, but it was it was weird, but I I liked all the characters. Um, I have seen a trend with Marvel lately where they have to say a gay character's gay somehow. Right. It has to be in a line somewhere, right. and they had these like each character had this little intro in the book, which I kind of dig that a lot of you're seeing a lot of comic books do now where it's just real quick. This is who the character is. Yeah. It's almost like a fucking real world confessional. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. I like it because it, it just gets it out of the way, yeah. you know, and it doesn't slow the pacing down. It's kind of quick. Um, you kind of get that. Yeah. You kind of get that shit right away. And... But they did, they did iron Patriots. It's just like, and I'm a girl who's into girls like, okay, yeah. you know, like I, it's, they have to put it in there. Yeah. Like Marvel's really flying that rainbow flag. Yeah. I don't... And there's, it's fine. I don't care. Like I, they can have characters that are gay. Make it organic. Like don't make it so like this one's gay. Right. Like we might as well tattoo it to the chick's forehead. Yeah. I know you have it just sit there. I'm the gay character, you know, like, uh, you know, wearing a shirt. That now says, it's a I'm token. Yeah. Now it's token gay character. Um, yeah. I, I like the fact that Iron Patriot doesn't use weapons because she's against guns, you know. Yeah, that was that was interesting, wasn't it? It was an interesting little twist. So she's using like sonic weapons and stuff like that. I was like, that's kind of cool. I kind of like that, you know, a little different. Um, so more like repulsor technology, you know, kind of what, you know, Iron Man. Yeah, it's all lethal shit. Yeah, it's kind of what Iron Man originally was, you know, all the repulsor rays and stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting with that. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure, like, how it's going to work out overall. I mean, because I, I in the ending of it, when, when it's taping the last confessional, it was kind of like, okay, is that whole, you know, America fuck yak thing kind of a, like, um, not a shtick, but kind of like a, like a, okay, we're trying to calm people down by saying, yeah, we're, we're America, yeah, but we're going to kind of do our own shit you know, kind of thing, like get the people on our side so we can kind of do whatever. So, but I don't know. It just seems a little, are they pulling a Trump? Is that what you, I guess? You're... Yeah. I guess that's kind yeah. of where I'm, I guess that's kind of where I'm going with that. I, I, it makes sense. Cause it definitely, the leader of the team, I forget his name. Um, he definitely looked like he was running a PR campaign. Yeah. For the first half, which I mean, that makes sense, especially if this is after civil war. Right. You know, they definitely, um, people are probably feeling some kind of way about heroes if they were all fighting each other a week ago. Um, so I don't know. I really liked it. I just thought it was ridiculous and fun. Even just having squirrel girl in there. It was just, <laughs> just so silly. You know what I mean? And, and I dug it, but the thing is, is that they can't keep, they can't keep that level every issue no. so we'll have to see like this we'll have to see where it goes like it seemed like a a, a solid first issue but yeah. i'm curious to see where it goes from there because it can go one of two ways it can get campier or it can get a little darker um and, and but it's hard to it's hard it's hard to get dark with those characters yeah like squirrel girl i mean unless unless something on. unless one of those characters is short-lived squirrel girl dies not her no. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love Squirrel Girl. And if uh, she's just so optimistic. If what's the who's the one? Anna Kendrick play ends up playing her. That should happen. Yeah. They'll never put Squirrel Girl in a fucking movie. No. 
Anna Kendrick wants to play her. I bet she does, but they're never going to put her in, put that character in, in one of these Marvel movies. She's not even going to fit. Well, I don't know. Who knows? Stranger things have happened. That could be a cool Netflix show, though. All right. I want to see Squirrel Girl and Luke Cage take care of some fucking business. <laughs> Can you imagine that dichotomy? No, no, no. Squirrel Girl and um, Jessica Jones. Yeah, I was just thinking Jessica Jones and Squirrel Girl. <laughs> That's some odd couple shit. Jessica Jones would kill fucking Squirrel Girl. <laughs> Wait, does Squirrel Girl... Squirrel Girl's only power is talking to squirrels, right? Well, she... Um... Well, she can fly too and stuff like that. Oh no, no, that was the dude. Right? Oh, that dude was carrying yeah, the her. The dude was carrying her. I'm looking I it up so. in the Marvel so. Universe wiki. <laughs> Plate her citizenship is USA. Get it right. <laughs> um, hey, powers. These, hey, these are comics. They can change them on a on the flip. Oh, here we go. Enhanced strength, speed, agility, and reflexes. Small claws and enlarged incisors. Oh, so she's like a like squirrel. A squirrel, yeah. Okay. Um, retractable knuckle spike. Semi prehen prehensile tail. Empathetic bond with squirrels, like Monkey Joe and Tippy Toe. I don't know what the fuck that means. Um, it's probably names of squirrels. Can communicate with squirrels. So she she she's like Spider Man if Spider Man could talk to spiders. She's like the original ver the 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 preconceived notion of Aquaman. Aquaman could talk but to she's fish. She's so great. And who doesn't like fucking squirrels? You know what I mean? Like squirrels are great. Yeah. I don't know why I love Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I'm shipping it. Squirrel yeah. Girl movie. <laughs> there you go. All right. So what are your other two pulls? So I got um the Adam. Rebirth, number one, uh, which was okay. <laughs> um, it's written by Steve Orlando and drawn by Andy McDonald. Um, writing was solid. Artwork was solid. Um, we're not really seeing bad writing or artwork from DC or Marvel lately in the main books. Um, but it kind of... It's supposed to be the rebirth, but it kind of played by the numbers a little bit. You do kind of like the the main character because the Adam always starts off kind of weird. So the the professor, there's this kid, okay, he's from he's from Hong Kong, and um, he moves to the states to go because he's like a prodigy, basically. They don't say that, but you can tell um, in uh, science, and his professor ends up being the Adam. And then he goes missing in the subatomic universe. It's not like um, uh, Ant-Man. Like you can go into the subatomic universe. It's a whole thing in, in the DC world. Um, and he has to get on a, like a, a backup belt and fucking go get him basically. And that's where it ends where he's putting the belt on. And the kid's like really quirky. He's allergic to everything. He has asthma, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, but it's kind of cool. I mean, it, like I said, it was well written. It's great. It was fun to read. Um, it just didn't. It didn't really grab me too much. But I'll still read the second issue to see what's what's good because it's going. In, first of all, it's going in the subatomic dimension or whatever. So that's going to be interesting. Right. Um, second one was, was pretty cool. So Superman number 14, first of all, that cover, um, 
so the basic the basis of it is there's these 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 entities and I, I their name escapes me now but they're they're like aliens or something and um they're snatching up supermen from different um from different uh dimensions from different earths basically um so they've come to the main the main line to get well so clark kent's driving down the street in the back road or something and you see um red sun superman in the street and he looks kind of beat up and he says in russian please help me and then um superman from the main from the main dc universe gets out rips off his clothes puts his outfit you know has his outfit on whatever and starts talking to him in russian oh you speak russian i speak many languages blah 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 um and you come to find out that these these we'll just call them collectors they're they're um they're not only grabbing supermen but they're like they're doing something weird to them um and it, it's not said it's not said yet um so they've come to this to this earth, and they said themselves they came to that earth to get um china superman the new mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. but i'm the sorry main i superman, still can't take china superman seriously I, I can't either. The main Superman's not on. I guess they keep talking about the list, but they spell it L Y S T, um, which is probably going to be significant because it's DC and they do that silly shit. Um, but he's not on the list. If you aren't aware, the main the main Earth Superman is actually not from that Earth. The main Earth Superman from that Earth died, and he took his place. He's from a different Earth. DC got really fucked up about a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's coming it's coming together again. Um so he tries to stop, but they these these collector dudes are no joke. Like they put um they got the they got Chinese Superman and they beat the shit out of uh um Red Sun. It was just cool to see Red Sun too. Like I was like, that's dope. Like just to have him in something you know right and then at the very end okay you see because so i'm sorry i skipped over a part i'm really bad at explaining these things i'm sorry um a team like almost like a justice league shows up and they're different they're the justice league but they're from different they're each one is from a different earth so you have um i forget what earth but the the black superman that's also a president he's there he's the leader of that that team and then you have um, a version of, of Flash. Ver- the, everyone's there, and they're they're like the multi the multi dimensional fucking Justice League. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. And then so they come and they they try to save Chinese Superman, but they can't. And then at that moment, um, normal Earth Superman's like, "Oh well, let's track them. Let's figure it out. Whatever." And they're like, "Well, that's the thing is once they get them." they fall off the fucking map. Like, they can't even find them. So, okay. And then, of course, our Superman, we'll do everything we can, but it's, it's fucking Superman. Never right. gives up. So, um, it cuts to where they're keeping the Superman. Very cryptic, you know, it's not giving too much detail. But you see they're all in these, like, vats, basically, just kind of, like, holding chambers, and they're all asleep. And then, um, <laughs> what do you see? That fucking rabbit Superman. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but there, there was uh, in the multi- – I forget what they – what was the um, – it was just recently uh, in two, at the end of 2015, DC had an event 
where Earths were fighting Earths. It's kind of like Battle World or something. You know what I'm talking about? In DC? Yeah. Was it? It was wasn't Battle World. It was kind. Of, they had someone was plucking up cities from different Earths, and they put them all on this one planet. I don't remember. Okay, well, there was an issue of Harley Quinn, or Harley Quinn. They gave her superpowers. They were basically putting a hero and a hero to fight each other to represent their city. It was you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn had to fight a Superman from an Earth where everyone was rabbit. So it's this it's this human this human like rabbit who's <laughs> Superman. And I thought it was so silly. I'm like, whatever, we'll never see him again. Well, here he is again. Yeah. You see him real quick and the um the whoever it is, you don't see him, the main guy, they take take him out of the bat, they do something to him and he turns into an actual rabbit. Like they de evolved him. <laughs> so it's real fucking weird. Like you don't know what's going on, but I'm super interested now. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, there's so much shit going on. You got all these supermen now. You know, you're just like, fuck. So, um, and Red Sun supermen's the shit. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, definitely check out Superman. Just for that cover, too. This, the cover was dope. It had, um, it had like, five different super, supermen standing in a line, and it was, like, black and white with just a little bit of red. And it was, it was good. I'll have to find it and send it to you. Steve. Oh, by the way, um, I, I found a meme on uh, on Facebook that said, uh, um, "Rule number one: Don't ruin lightsaber night." And it's this bar, and it has a sign that says, "Lightsaber night has been canceled." Thanks a lot, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, that reminds me. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you something. Okay. That has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, and everyone listening is just gonna have to deal with it. So in in uh, Arizona and Mesa, there's a there's a bar called the Grid, mm-hmm. and it's it's a gaming bar. So they have a full arcade. Uh-huh. Okay, they have console games at the bar. They have little lounge areas to play console games. They have. Um, pool you know and stuff like that and then like their menu is it's a smaller menu but they have like uh like tetris tots for tater tots and shit (laughs) and it's kind of fashion like um like uh, tron that's where the name comes from grid i'm like oh i need to go here and it's not even that far from me i was like fuck yeah yeah i'm gonna try so if you live if you live in the area anyone um definitely check it out yeah i'm gonna try to hit um, this year for my birthday, uh, Neon Retro Arcade, which is that arcade place in Pasadena. You get, uh, oh yeah, yeah, you get, uh, what is it? Um, Ten bucks, you get an hour of unlimited, like plays on games and shit. So that should be cool. Oh, that's a cool cover. That cover is dope, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Multiple I also sent people. you the link to uh, the grid. And now this podcast is becoming just us talking to each other. Right, so yeah. how was your pull list? <laughs> uh, well, my pull list was uh, was kind of diverse. Uh, I pu- um, The pull list that I had was the continuing story for the unworthy Thor. Um, at the end of the last issue, Thor uh, was halted from getting the uh, hammer by the collector. 
And since he was thwarted, he has now become a piece of that collection for the collector. Um, but he keeps trying to escape. And each time he tries to escape, he gets caught and um, more chains are put on him. Uh, so this time he is in the collector where he is actually um, talking to uh, a Hellhound who had a run-in with Thor's brother and his brother named him Thori. Um, <laughs> and uh, so he's he's pretty bitter about that. The line goes, uh, but your brother, he uh, he named me Thori. <laughs> um, so, uh, and also, uh, Thor's, uh, Thor's mystical goat is there as well. And, um, he tries to keep breaking out to try to get back the hammer, but then, um, to his rescue comes, uh, uh, beta, uh, beta Ray Bill to come to, um, try to rescue him. He was also captured by the collector too, but he managed to escape and retrieve his hammer. But for a short time, his mind was uh, mess uh, was uh, how should I say possessed by um, the main villain of the of the of the uh, of the story. And I'm trying to remember his name, but I I always keep forgetting it. Oh wait, here it is. It's um being known as the Unseen. And he's trying to get the hammer um, so he can have unlimited power. But uh, he's possessed Thor's mind to think that everybody else wants to get the hammer from him. So it enrages him. So he takes on uh, Beta Ray Bill until, uh, until uh, two of Thanos' uh, henchmen, Black Swan and uh, Proxima, uh, arrive to try to retrieve it it turns into a fight with them uh but the the hammer is taken away so thor has to try to find it but he's finally broken out of that um the uh, madness which uh beta ray bill called it so thor decides that you know now he can't fuck around anymore he really needs to get this so thor cuts his hair makes it short Teams up with Beta Ray Bill, his goat, and the Hell Dog, the Hellhound, and at the um, they note that the Collector's guards are on their way, so they need to uh, they need to get going. And uh, the last bit um, Thor says in the comic is, uh, "And I'll be damned if I need a hammer in order to raise some hell, but this is, but this day I will claim one nonetheless. No matter how much blood I must wade through, so swears the unworthy Thor." And the last panel has him with the, um, him in that, you know, that badass image with like his whole team, uh, moving, uh, moving on. So the story's really good. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see where this is going because I kind of thought it would have kind of gotten a little closer than where it is right now. But I think it really had to do with kind of getting Thor in the proper mindset. Um, so yeah, but, uh, comic's still good. Uh, I'm really, I, I know it's probably going to be wind, this story is going to be winding up soon so it'll be interesting to see how it winds up um, the next comic that I went through was called The Unstoppable Wasp uh, this one was written by Jeremy Whitley and for those of you that don't know Wasp Wasp is um, 
is a daughter from Hank Pym from his first marriage. Uh, and uh, she was um, kid. Um, her mom was uh, her mom and Hank Pym were married for a short time, but people kidnapped her, but they didn't know she was pregnant. So she was raised pretty much kind of in the same kind of environment that Black Widow was raised in. Um, however, she made it to America to find Hank Pym and um, find out that he's missing. And uh, she's pretty much kind of on the same level uh, technolo technologically wise as him. So she is basically kind of uh, redesigned the Wasp character or the costume. So right now she's kind of being looked after by Ms. Marvel. And it really is kind of her story. Um, she, you know, it goes through her backstory. She's very bubbly, very positive. Everybody's like, with all the crap you've been through, you just managed to stay so positive. Everybody she meets loves her at the end. Um, even the person that she's supposed to talk to uh, about becoming a, a U.S. citizen, like she starts off and the lady's on the clipboard. She goes through her story and at the end, she, the the worker is sitting there eating these uh, donuts that she had brought, like enthralled with her story and completely in love with um in in love with uh, Nadia. So, um then of course uh uh what's her name? Um shit, what is her name? Uh Mockingbird. Mockingbird is battling um a robot. So, Ms. Marvel and um and Nadia go out there to kind of check it out. And then it looks like Mockingbird needs some help. So Wasp goes in and, and kind of pulls, I was kind of a little disappointed in this, um, kind of pulls the same thing that um, Ant-Man did in um, in Civil War, the movie. Um, so that was kind of, that was a little, a little lame on that part. But overall, yeah. you know, she kind of, you know, defeats the beast and, um, you know, talks to Mockingbird and, Nadia knows so much more about uh, Mockingbird's actual achievements as a scientist than what most people know her for is, you know, for her, you know, for her cunning, her guile, you know, her ability to take people down. And Mockingbird was actually really, really impressed with that. She knew so much about her um, in that aspect and um, makes a mention that, you know, in the list from S.H.I.E.L.D. and um, Hydra and AIM and all of them. Um, the highest woman scientist, they do a ranking of all the top, you know, minds of the, of their organization. And the highest a woman is, is like number 26 and has always been number 26. So this inspires her to just start her own type of thing to change those. And, um, and she does this, uh, she creates a lab organization called uh, Genius in Action Research Labs. The anchor um the um the uh initial is um girl. Um I see where they're going with it. Um I mean the character is actually pretty funny. Um very heavy handed on the um on the uh feminist plot. Um mm. but um if you kinda if you can kinda skewer past that the, the writing is actually good. The character development of Nadia is actually really good. Um, she's not very heaven-handed with it, but it's the people around her that are. Um, 
So I'm curious to see how they're going to go with that um, in issue two. So uh, I'll probably check it out. But that's the thing when you get with issue ones, whether they're okay or good or even bad, you're kind of going to check the second issue because you want to see if where it goes from there. If it's bad and it continues to go bad, you're going to pretty much going to stop. If it's okay and gets better, you're probably going to kick steep stop with it. And the same thing with good, you know. So I'm I'm curious. I usually give it, I give it like three issues. Yeah. And if it doesn't grab me after three, I'm like, okay, I just move on. Right. So yeah. So uh, we'll have to see see where this goes from there. Um. But yeah. So that was my uh, that was my uh, pull list. So, I guess on that note, uh, we get into some uh, douchebaggery. So, my douchebag of uh, of the week, simply because this has gone on a whole lot longer than it should have, Mariah Carey. And I'm just going to read the article that I posted on the website. By this particular moment in time, many of you have seen the Mariah Carey New Year's Eve performance. It didn't take long for Mariah to start pointing fingers at Dick Clark's productions. She is citing that they set her up, quote unquote, for failure. Needless to say that any live performance organization that would do that is definitely not going to make it very far. And with some 50 plus years under their belt, uh, we can almost be certain that is not the case. But before we jump into the finger pointing, let's take a moment to um, to hear a little bit of that um, actual performance uh, for uh, for New Year's Eve. Um it's, uh, it's, it's, so if, if you're kind of feeling like it's something's missing. Yeah, it's the front track that's missing. Her vocal track is not functioning at all. So all yeah, she was saying she couldn't hear anything in her earpiece. Yeah, and or something. So, yeah, the thing is though is that she vamps, but she doesn't even try to sing. Yeah, see, like there, she's like, you kind of hear a little bit, like she tries like three words and then stops. Um, so with that, uh, we go into uh, her statement. Quote, we told them, the stage managers, that the in-ear ears were not working 10 minutes before the performance. Stella Bolaknikov, Rise manager, said, then they changed the battery packs and they were still not working on the frequency four minutes before the show. We let them know again and they just kept counting her down and reassuring her that it'll work as soon as they go live, which never happened. At which point she pulled them out but could not hear the music over the crowd. Uh, after the show, I called Dick Clark Productions' Mark Schimmel and said, what the F happened? He said, let me call you back and then call me back and confirm the in-ears were not working and asked if... I would like to make a joint statement. I said, no way. I asked him to cut the West Coast feed, and he said he could not do that. I asked him why he would want to run a performance with mechanical glitches unless they just want eyeballs at 
any expense. It's not artist friendly, especially when the artists cut their vacation short as the New Year's Eve gift to them. Uh, in quote. But Mariah, what Mariah's people didn't understand is that the performance was a gift to everyone. Uh, BWRPR's Nicole Berna, a rep for Carrie, previously told Billboard that, quote, production set her up to fail, end quote. But a production source to, told Billboard that Carrie, quote, had ample time to rehearse and chose not to, end quote. Instead, using a body double to rehearse her in her place earlier in the day and at the time, quote, all was working, end quote, on the technical side. Dick Clark Productions released a statement Sunday to counter Mariah's claims. As the premier producer of live television events for nearly 50 years, we pride ourselves on a reputation and long-standing relationships with artists. To suggest that DCP, as producers of music shows, including the American Music Awards, Billboard Music Awards, New Year's Rock and Eve, and the Academy of Country Music Awards, would ever intentionally compromise the success of any artist in defamatory, outrageous, and frankly absurd art, um, and, and frankly absurd. In very rare instances, there are of course technical errors that can occur with live television. However, an initial investigation has indicated that DCP had no involvement in the challenges associated with Miss Carey's New Year's Eve performance. We want to be clear that the utmost we have the utmost respect for Miss Carey as an artist and acknowledge her tremendous accomplishments in the industry. End quote. It's almost certain that Mariah herself didn't chose to re didn't choose to rehearse, but to blame her for lip syncing is ridiculous. When you're out in 40 degree weather, you will certainly want to save the voice. However, her voice isn't what it used to be. You can see that in those carpool karaoke videos with James Corden. Happy New Year to you to us all. Um, basically, in this one, I'm like, okay, you were using a lip sync track. You're pissed off because the lip sync track didn't go. Okay, fine. But you didn't even try to sing, which basically means you weren't even warmed up. You weren't even ready to, you know, to even accompany it. And to sit there and say someone else set you up for failure, shit happens, you know. But you got to be, you know, yeah. you, you got to be ready for whatever happens. The show must go on. I mean, gra granted, you're not, you know, you're no, uh, what was her name? Um, what was it? Haley Duff, the one that was on New Year's Eve. I mean, on um, SNL that was supposed to sing. Or Ashley, oh, she just ran away. Ashley Simpson, that was it. Um, that uh, you know, say you know, the lip sync track started before her, and then she like tap dance and then ran off. You know, it's like, you know, I felt bad for her. I, I felt bad for her too. <laughs> I was like, oh, that sucks. But you know, it's like, come on, if you can't perform live, you shouldn't be doing it. Um, but yeah, but to simply say, you know, like, oh, it's their fault because I couldn't hear the earpieces. Doesn't fucking matter. The audience would have heard the lip sync anyway. So. You know, that's not the big, that's yeah. not the issue. But yeah. I think it, the thing is, is that when I heard about, and, and you are right, it went on for too fucking long. Yeah. Because this is kind of Mariah Carey's thing. Yeah. Mariah, Mariah Carey <laughs> has always purported herself as this, the most important person on the planet. Yeah. And, and nobody cared when she was the it girl. Yeah. But now that she's not, everyone's noticing how shitty she is. Right. I mean, she's, she was always known for the, the crazy fucking demands in the, in the back room and, and then never going to rehearsing and everything had to be her fucking way. And she was a fucking little princess, well, the deepest, you know, yeah. and now she's losing the only thing she's getting older. Yeah. 
and she's losing the only thing that anyone ever fucking liked about her, which was your voice. Right. It is what it is. Yep. You know, it's if 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 she was if she was was good enough, that track would have not played, and then she would went fuck it and sung the song. Yeah. But instead, because that's sing what like, the audience is there. For. Yeah, you sing like three words and then vamp the rest of the way. You know, it's like come yeah, on. Yeah, and just fucking act like a dumbass on stage. You know, okay. You know, it's your career. Right. She has plenty of money, so it doesn't really fucking matter. Right. She's still spending Christmas album money. <laughs> you know, so, that so it one doesn't song. really it doesn't really Yeah. Back then she was the shit. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not I'm not gonna hate on her for losing her voice. I mean, hey, it is what it is, but we all get older. Right. But stop fucking stop being such a bitch. Yeah. That's all my thing is. Like and I also didn't care. It was <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like you hear about it the first time and you're like, Oh shit, you know, who knows what happened. And then you forget about it 30 seconds later. And right. then every time you turn around, someone's talking about it. And you're like, well, why are we still talking about this? <laughs> yeah, like, this? Who fucking cares? I know. This could have been over like a long time. Like, okay, you know what? Shit happens. Whatever. We move on. But then when you're like going, I more importantly, to... who the fuck watches the, the Dick Clark New Year's special anymore? Well, that was the thing is like on New Year's Eve, like I was watching, we were watching, um, uh, I remember we were watching like some random movies and stuff like that and, and other, and other shit. And then it was like, Oh, Hey, the ball's about to drop. We only turn it to watch the ball drop. You know, I don't even watch that. And we, and we do. And it was funny because a couple people at work were like, yeah, I didn't see it, but I only turned it on because I wanted, we were doing the, the ball drop cause of the countdown, you know, you do the ball drop and that was it. You know, like everybody else didn't even know about it. And I didn't even see it until I went on Facebook after that saying where people were posting the east coast feed saying oh yeah mariah carey did this and i was like oh well i would have i would have watched that but oh well i was doing something else <laughs> i think like i i am i love that when people sell celebrate and have a good time and, and all that stuff like that i never would i never would hate on anyone for doing that but for me personally maybe it's that irish cynicism or whatever but i don't fucking care that it's a new year it's it's the same it's the same shit over and over again. So I don't I've never even when I was a kid I didn't do the countdown. No one in my house did. <laughs> I think they got sparkling cider just because that was the day it was on sale, mm. and then it it was it, you know. And then there was a brief moment where I would go out for New Year's because everybody was going out. But I don't even we did we got sparkling. That's our thing. Like my family now. We'll, get the sparkling cider so my wife got it and then we did it at like 11 because the kids were getting tired oh, yeah. and i was like well it's new year somewhere all right and we all poured it and said happy new year and then i my wife makes everybody say what they're what they're going to try to do for the new year i think to improve and and i said move <laughs> well, I, I, that was I, my answer. I, I did. Move. I did New Year's. I did New Year's Eve because, like that meme, I wanted to see 2016 die. <laughs> you know? See, I was hiding because I didn't want it to do a last minute, like fucking asteroid strike or something. <laughs> I was hiding in my house. Well, it was no, funny it, when, that, fun. when I, I, it was fun. I heard. I heard. I heard. You know, like, oh yeah, and then they a second was added to 2016. I go fucking figures. You know, I go at a, at a fucking second. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something wrong with me, Steve. You know. Oh, I'm sure there is. Because they were giving, 
they were giving me shit last year because they were like, what are you going to do for your birthday? And I'm like, nothing. And I'm like, you don't celebrate your birthday? I'm like, no. Why? I just take the day off. That's all I do. I didn't. I went to work. I've worked <laughs> every birthday <laughs> since I was 15. Hey, well, they give me. they Actually, give, I had one. They give me a paid holiday for my birthday, so I take it. Oh, shit. If they gave me a paid holiday, you best believe. Yeah. But they're like, oh, you get my you, birthday you fell get on your, a Tuesday. Yeah, you get your birthday off. I mean, I don't have to take like my birthday. I can, and they're like, well, you can take whatever day. So I took a Friday. I get a three day weekend. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. You damn right. Yeah. You fuck that. If your birthday's on a Wednesday and you take Wednesday, you're doing it wrong. Right, exactly. Shit. All right. So. <clears throat> clear my throat. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> Um, so this is obvious. This one is funny, but still this kid would have caught an ass whooping in my house. Okay. okay this is from Huffington Post. Of course, that's where I stay because they just have fun. I like to keep this, this section fun. So there are child prodigies and then there's Ashland Howard. First of all, you name your kid Ashland, you're, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. You're asking okay? for a like, ass whooping. They tried to they try to make a male version of Ashley and it just it, it looked like they spelled Ashley wrong without the E and then just added an N D like fuck it. A S H L Y N D. You know what? I know I'm white, but white people today need to get this naming shit together. Okay. <laughs> they they're coming up with some weird shit. And then a they six year old white with people some... go out around and shoot people. Because they get made fun of for having a fucked up name. Yeah. Because life is hard enough as serious. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm not even going to attempt that sentence anymore. I've said it too many times. In a Wall Street Journal article on how online shopping is, well, basically, the, I have to say it because there's something funny in it. Says a six-year-old with some serious moxie. Who the fuck? <laughs> in what world do people still say moxie? Eager beaver. What has happened? Everything old becomes new. Yeah. You just got to wait, you know? Yep. In a Wall Street Journal article on how online shopping is killing the joy of Christmas. <laughs> no, it's not. It's <laughs> making my Christmas much better. Yeah. Um, there is a nugget of glorious scamming nestled in the reporting. First of all, let's let's attribute that real quick. Or not attribute. Let's, let's address Wall Street Journal article on how online shopping is killing the joy of Christmas. Shopping is not the, supposed to be the joy of fucking Christmas. Mm-mm. And I'm not even talking from a religious standpoint. Now, if you're religious, obviously it's for um, you know the birth of baby Jesus and all that. I'm not even saying that in a sarcastic tone, but that's your joy of right. the holiday. For me, as a non-religious, it's supposed to be about being with the family, you know, and and, and having some family time, and being thankful for that, you know, not going to fucking Kmart. Why did I say Kmart? I going to Walmart yeah. and fucking buying the latest Tickle Me Elmo. Slap me silly Elmo, you know? Mm. Anyway, the anecdote the, the anecdote details how Ashlyn Howell used her unexpected, un- unsuspecting napping mother's thumb to unlock her phone and purchase toys. <laughs> the excerpt reads as follows. While Bethany Howell napped on the couch last week, her daughter, oh, it is a girl. So they really fucked up the Ashlyn oh, wow. stone. Ashlyn. God damn. That's the American education system, folks. Like, if you're in a <laughs> different country, 
that woman probably just doesn't know how to spell Ashley. The same people who name their kid Anthony. Oh, God. They were just drunk when they said Anthony. They just didn't say it right. Anthony. <laughs> Six-year-old used, used her. I don't know why I'm getting so, like, dark about it. Like, everything's just fucking shit. Oh, fucking sick. Because I'm leaning into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning into the mic, and it's making me feel like Howard Sternish. you know? <laughs> like, these people are fucking stupid. Her daughter, Ashlyn, six years old, used her mother's thumb to unlock her phone and open the Amazon app. $250 later, she has shopped for all her Christmas presents on Amazon, said Miss Howell of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, The purchases left the girl's parents with 13 order confirmations for Pokemon items Mm. and the feeling that they've been hacked. The six-year-old later assured mom and dad that she'd been shopping. So she wasn't trying to be sneaky she probably just didn't realize she was doing something wrong right ashlyn's mother indicated that the child was really proud of herself <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i and and i thought this was a cute little story because my i have a six-year-old son and he asked me one time he's like can i have um uh i have some kind of toy i said no maybe when i get paid we have to wait he says no dad if you just go to this website called amazon you just click on it and you say okay and they'll send it to you and i go there's you're missing a step in that process right where i get the money and he goes oh you have to pay for it <laughs> and i go yeah man you got to pay for it <laughs> oh, that's funny. and that started my nothing in this world is free speech <laughs> which gave him a sour look on his face <laughs> <laughs> which led to him punching you in the dick <laughs> No, he said, thank you, Dad, for enriching my mind. Oh, I'm sure he said that. <laughs> You're welcome, son. And we played catch. Oh, God. Some fucking corny shit. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Uh, all right. Well, that is it for this episode. Please rate and review the show. You can review the show on iTunes. It helps us out immensely. If you want to catch our back catalog, you can check it out on Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, as well as our website, thelazygeeks.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thelazygeeks. You can check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat by using thelazygeeks, one word. And you can find links to all our social media hubs through our site, thelazygeeks.com. And you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter, at a middle-aged geek, Instagram, middle-aged underscore geek, or check out my blog, themiddleagegeek.com. And I'm on Twitter at SapienTLG. And be sure to tune in on Friday for our return of the Away Team podcast featuring episode one of season two, The Child. Basically, it's the episode where everybody thinks Troy's a whore, which is kind of what we <laughs> what we kind of figured out that, you know. It's what we suspected anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, it's a, Counselor Troy has an excellent uh counseling record right with men <laughs> they go into her office frowning they come out smiling exactly and you know one time whoop, slip <laughs> hey and listen a reach around in the morning <laughs> studies have shown you know that <laughs> a nice handy a handy before breakfast can really really set the mood for the day there you go <laughs> so and that's 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 really what we're trying to say with this whole podcast is, 
you know. Especially for, um, especially with late 80s era uh, <laughs> Freud. <laughs> right, exactly. I say late 80s era. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to be disrespectful to someone who's older than me. So right. I'm talking about the past one. So that makes it not disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it does it. Oh, okay. Is that how that works? I think that's how it works, yeah. All right. That is it for us this week. So until next time, peace out. Oh, 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 oh,